Hello and welcome to Cannon Fodder. I am film critic Daniel Barnes. You know, film enthusiast, cinephile, I guess, Daniel Barnes. Quasi-pseudo film critic, let's just say. Pseudo-quasi, possibly. With me, though, as always, my good friend, fellow cinephile. This guy is legit. This guy is authentic. I'm a big, fat phony. This guy, he's the real shit. He's a comedy genius. He's a friend and fellow cinephile. His name is Gorky McDonald. Talk to the people, Gorky. I am uh, not pseudo, not <clears throat> quasi, cinephile de plume. That's what I am, a cinephile nice. de plume. Hi, everybody. I am Cork McDonald, noted cinephile and good friend of quasi-pseudo, <laughs> sort of, kind of, film critic Daniel Barnes. I just don't want to misrepresent myself. I think that I'm pretty sure that's against the law. I still don't know how podcasts work. I sure. don't know if this is a federal thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I Could I get on a watch list? I don't know what's going on. I just want to be very, very careful with how I choose my words, as always. But, uh, I think it depends on which state they're listening to this podcast in. It could be a crime. It's not a crime where you recorded it, but where they download and listen to it, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that may be right. That may not be right. Again, download, listen. Is that what podcasts are? You download and listen to them? I don't know. Maybe. Right. That's possible. Corky. Yeah. This is Cannon Fodder. It's a podcast. We're tearing through the cinematic canon. Tearing. One random selection at a time. And we have a random selection that we got all teed up for today. It's going to be a freaking amazing show. I've got Corky McDonald right here in front of me. I've got myself. Recipe for a great show. Yeah. It doesn't always need to be a complex recipe. You know, some of the great cocktails are like, you know, two, three ingredient cocktails. No, my my peanut butter cookie recipe is just peanut butter, (laughs) egg, and sugar. And that's fine. It works fine. Doesn't need anything else. But, Corky, before we get into it, you know, this is where I just like to just loosely riff. So, you know. What's going on, man? I mean, it's been a while, you know, in in podcast time. It's been two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Uh, in real lifetime, it's been God only knows how long. We can't tell. Wormholes and all and all that going on. So what's going on? I mean, Corky, just, I mean, honestly, what's sticking in your craw? Because you are the kind of guy, you got a craw, and there's always, oh, there's always something in there. What's in your craw this week? Can we is just this, dislodge it, yeah. possibly? Get a this is our maybe? new segment, What Fries My Bacon. I'll tell you what fries my bacon, Dan. Is when you get all Sizzle these... it up. Come on. <laughs> When you get all and I don't drain the fat on this. When you get all these pseudo quasi's milling about, acting all quasi pseudical. Uh, no, actually, things have been going really good. You know what? Uh, I didn't tell you about this though. I got a message from old producer Johnny. Uh, you remember producer Johnny? I from the way back. This is yeah. Yeah. You, you, me, Johnny, uh, Eddie Cantor. <laughs> It was Mary Pick. It was Pickford and Fairbanks. I, I just—that's all I remember is Mary like, Astor. All of us thoughts. up at her castle, just going nuts with it. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, he reached out and he noted, as I think a few others have noted, our first four episodes. I, my sound was off. It was something we course corrected over um, at episode five. But he reached out and was like, "Hey, I think blah 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 is happening." And this was our old producer from when we started the Dare Daniel podcast, and he was. Dead ass. He knew exactly what had happened, and sure. it was like this. That's why you are a professional podcaster. <laughs> Your ears did not deceive you. He had but, he diagnosed right yeah. away. Uh, Flores Podcast Consulting Absolutely. for all your podcast consulting production and pointing out everything you're doing wrong. <laughs> in in a in a very supportive way, though he loved the show. 
Oh, that's so nice. Thank yeah. you, Johnny, for listening. You, Mensch. Yes. Look up Mensch in a dictionary, and you're going to see this guy's picture. Again, and, uh, Eddie Cantor. That will explain nothing about the word Mensch. Should no. they have a definition of it? Not just a picture of a Mensch. Whoever put that dictionary together does not know how dictionaries work. <laughs> like, it, come on. <laughs> put a little effort into it, for God's sake. Not a sake. visual medium. Corky. Yeah. As I said, we're we're tearing through the cinematic canon one random selection at a time. We're on episode seven. Uh, last week, of course, we revo- ro- rolled the dice of fate. Two weeks ago. And, uh, two weeks ago, whatever, however many weeks <laughs> ago. And the n- random number generator gods, they have ascended from their subterranean lair where they secretly control us all. Ooh. And there's nothing we can do about it. And we don't have any choice in this. We just have to blindly follow their bidding, make our tributes, sacrifice our livestock, whatever it takes, honestly. Um, Speaking of which, people who would expect you to blindly follow their bidding and sacrifice your livestock if necessary. We're going to be talking about the great (laughs) German filmmaker Rainier Werner Fassbinder on today's episode because the random number generator gods rifled through that sight and sound critic poll and bestowed us with Ali, colon, fear eats the soul. More literally translated from the German, Corky, uh-huh. as fear eat up soul, which kind of keeps it more in line with how, how Ali actually yes. speaks in the film. This sort of remake of All That Heaven Allows. Would you say it's a quasi-pseudo remake? It's a, it's a pseudo-quasi-half-remake gotcha. of Douglas Sirk's All That Heaven Allows. It cemented Fassbender's international reputation, really opened up his career. Stars Brigitte Mara and El-Khadi Ben Salim, written, produced, and directed by Fassbender, released March 5, 1974. It tied for number 52, 52nd best film of all time, on the most recent Sight and Sound critic poll. Critics poll that's up from number eighty nine on the twenty twelve poll, so it's uh, shooting up the charts. Yeah, old Casey Kasem might say this one goes out from Rainier <laughs> to El Hedy Ben Salem. He writes, Corky, we like to keep these episodes pretty, you know, short, loose, punchy. Sure. You know, some of those podcasts, you know, they, they'll have like, I mean, I assume they'll have like four hour long episodes about a movie. Like they want to be the last word. That's not the show, right? right. This is right. not the authority. This is not the encyclopedia of X film show. We're watching good movies. We're having fun, right? We're just, we're enjoying it. Yeah. But re- regardless of format, there's no way I could do justice to the short wild life and career of Rainer Werner Fassbender in this brief introduction. Not in an hour-long episode, two hours, four hours, a series, a series, a series. There's a lot to unpack about Mr. Fassbender. So I'm just going to stick to the high-level points that are important before we get into Fear Eats the Soul. German. He was German. That's kind of obvious, but it's it's important to his work. It's important to John Ford's work that he's American. It's important to Ozu's work that he's Japanese. It's important that he's German. He was born in the Bavarian region, just a few weeks after Allied troops occupied his village. So he was literally born right on that cusp. Okay. Where one second you have an entire country that is all Nazis, and then the next second, hey, where'd all the uh, Nazis go? And we're all just walking around. That commentary on, on post-war society and morals yeah. is, is central to his work, right? The, this idea that you don't just stop being a fascist 
because you lost the war, right? That's yeah. ingrained in you as a human being. It's going to seep into your family life, into your work, into culture, society as a large. That's really kind of the idea thematically, I think, largely of, of Fassbender's work. And it's probably one of the reasons, this is because it's so harsh of you that he was more celebrated overseas than in his home country. Second point to hit, prolific. Holy crap. This dude. This dude. Fuck. <laughs> Fassbender released his first feature film in 1969 at the age of 24. By the time of his death, 13 years later, from an overdose of cocaine and barbiturates, he had directed over 40 feature films. That's 40, over 40 in 13 years, mostly from his own screenplays. He was also very active in the theater, especially early in his career. Led his own troupe, the Anti-Theater. Wrote over two dozen plays. So that's it, right? No, that's it. not it. That's, Corey, he died at 37. I'm 47. I'm already tired just reading about things he did in his life. He made two TV serials. He made short films. He made video films. He acted in his own movies. He acted in other people's movies. He had like 30 credits in movies that weren't his own. He's in this film that we're talking about today. He plays the son-in-law. Despite this output and his considerable reputation, Ali Colin, Fear Eats the Soul, was his only film to make the sight and sound top 250 the last uh, couple of decades. All right, important num number three, his unique methods, his style. How do you make these movies so fast, Corky? Partly because that theater troupe I talked about, that evolved into a stock cast and crew that he would go to. They knew what he wanted. They could improvise very easily. Very little need for pre-production rehearsal. He worked fast. That kept costs low. He was then able to underbid his contemporaries for the government grants because he kept costs so low and worked so fast. So he worked fast, he made a movie, and then boom, there was more money for the next movie right there. There's an evolution in his work. Um, these kind of sumptuous camera moves and the melodramatic elements of Fury It's the Soul are kind of a new thing at, at this period of his career. Uh, his influence always kind of ranged from like avant-garde to classic Hollywood. And as I said, this movie modernizes and germanizes uh, all that heaven allows uh, the masterpiece by douglas Sirk from 1955 uh, and these two versions were actually all somewhat fused and reimagined by todd haynes three decades later in far from heaven so you have like arguably the three most iconic queer auteurs of all time Sirk, fassbender todd haynes and they've all sort of done a version of the same story so that brings me to the most the the not the most but the last point sexuality and i'm not you know Corky, we're straight cisgender white males. We're not here to mansplain, or in my case, dansplain, the complexities of queer identity and so forth. But this is important. Again, it's important. Fassbender regularly made films about, you know, his lifestyle. Homosexuals, bisexuals, transsexuals, transvestites. Uh, his off-screen sex life was maybe even more complex right. than it was on screen. He was married at one time. He had many complicated relationships, sexual and otherwise, with women. And he was definitely the type to mix business and pleasure. He was actually in a relationship with the star of our film, El Hadi Ben Salem, who plays the title character of Ali, the Moroccan immigrant in Fear Eats the Soul. Met Ben Salem at a Paris bathhouse in 1971. Corky, if you thought the story of Lamberto Majorani, yeah, of bicycle thieves and how his career went after no. that movie. Salem, I mean, geez, he's got him beat real bad. Right. Uh, him and Fassbender always had a very rocky relationship. And apparently right after Fassbender broke up with him, Salem, who was all, all, always a very violent, angry drunk, he went to a bar, stabbed several people, 
Uh, Fassbinder and his friends smuggled him out of the country, but he was caught in prison and eventually committed suicide in 1977 while in prison. And that's especially sad because this film, I think it, we're getting now to Ali, Colin Fury, it's the soul. This film, I think, is a really strangely tender tribute to Salem and it kind of a romanticizes in a weird way like their their relationship, I think. Ali is this really decent, quiet person who is just dying inside, you know, uh, as we find out over the course of the movie. I think a lot of times you can look at this movie and, and think of it mostly as a story of Emmy, who is the German character, and this is so, sort of her world. She's more, um, she's more uh, articulate, I guess, than Ali, who sort of speaks in these like poetic kind of terse statements. Um, but it is his name in the title. It's not Emmy Furious the Soul. It's Ali Furious the Soul. So Corky, mm. you know. Happiness is not always fun. We've discussed that. <laughs> yes, yes. Neither is fun always happiness. And happiness plus fun don't always equal not. But the, the point I'm making here, Quirky, this movie is not necessarily happy or fun. No. Um, but I think it's absolutely wonderful. I think it makes me happy in the sense that great art makes me happy because it's very inspiring and, and wonderful to see something that's um, so emotional and so successful on an artistic level. So I, I really love this movie. How did you feel about it? Was it uh, happiness or was it not always fun? I I didn't love it. Didn't love it. No, Talk I didn't love me. it. It was uh, really interesting to look at. There isn't mm. there isn't a poorly composed shot. There isn't even a shot that's not thoroughly. S- the composition is always in service of what is happening. Mm, mm-hmm. And I mean, so like when you, when you don't even have to take a shot off, that's remarkable. Um, this movie was filmed in two weeks. And so the majority of it, of course, is inside because you can't control outside sets like that or anything like that. But even when they are shooting outside, it feels like they're alone inside a room together, right? They're separated from everybody. So visually, the movie is, it grabs you. And it's not ostentatious. It doesn't do any big, this isn't um, Kurosawa in uh, Rashomon where he's shooting from above. He's doing low shots. No, this is all pretty much just straightforward people in a room shots. Um but very well composed. You're on the other side of door frames, always seeing people enclosed into the other room, that kind of thing. Um, seeing the separation or foreground, mm-hmm. background is just as important as what's happening. It's almost kind of like the opposite of Robert Altman because there's always some stuff in the background, but it's not. there's nothing happening with it. They're just either like a chorus or a crowd staring back at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so visually, very, very interesting. But it... It didn't. It I didn't love this movie. Um, I don't know Fassbender's work beyond this. Was this your first uh, experience with? Knowingly, yeah. I yeah. May, okay. There might be something else I've seen that he did, but um, oh wow! You can see the themes. You 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 definitely see the themes. He's talking about Germany, the old um, Nazi regime, and the, the people who were alive during that time. They think they're good people, and maybe they are good people in 99%, but they still want to go where Hitler ate. It still lives with them, you know? They still carry these things with them. Um, the othering of 
this new wave of people that are being brought in to serve the great German rebirth uh, post World War II. The you know we're we're a good strong economy. Well, why? Because you're you're shoveling in people who will work for much less than German-born people. But it also helps when you have a population that otherizes those people as well. And that's hit in almost every scene because every scene is a conversation about why these two people who are very drawn to each other mm-hmm. can't be together. Society is reminding them. They're reminding themselves what society is going to say. They're they're ha- they're together, but they're not happily together. You know, yeah. even on their wedding, they're alone. Yeah, absolutely. They're just walking I think, alone. Let's let's uh, kind of fill people in a little bit who may not oh, yeah. have seen the film on the story. So uh, again, like all that heaven allows, or like Far from Heaven, this is kind of a story of forbidden love, in yeah. a way, or at least frowned upon love. In this case, she's um, this sixty-year-old German widow. Uh, she's a house cleaner. She unlike she's not Julianne Moore. She's not Jane Wyman. She's not gorgeous. She's not glamorous. She's no. a very ordinary woman. She's not very smart. She's not successful. She cleans houses. She's very lonely. Her children are grown up. They are pieces of shit. But it's important to note that again, like, like Fossbender's mother, she was a young wife and a mother during that transition from the rise of Nazism to the full power to the end of the war to the end of the war, right? Like she was she a lived, member of the party, this character. She lived through all of that. She yeah. had, you know, her children in that kind of environment. So that I think, again, that's a recurring theme in, in his work is sort of like how how does that, you know, again, like you don't just stop being a fascist because because the war is over, right? You you grew up a fascist. Your your parents were fascists. They taught their children to be fascists. Her children are absolute <laughs> absolute monsters. Yeah. There's even a reference to something horrible that happened with a cat with one of the kids. But uh anyway, she goes into a bar, she meets Ali, uh who is this uh, Moroccan immigrant uh here in Germany. He's very lonely as well and they they connect to each other and it's this really interesting thing. Um yeah, going to your point about how it looks, I think you do see Fassbender's stage origins uh, in here, but then you also see him sort of transitioning into a more cinematic kind of a style. The sets, like right in the opening where she walks into the bar, the set feels like a stage, but there's all these very beautiful camera moves, right? Like mm-hmm. there's all these tracking shots up and down the bar. There's these really powerful compositions. It feels like, it feels heightened it feels kind of vivid it feels real but not real and i think that kind of gets to your your point about like how he how every shot is is sort of composed like that you're sort of inside and outside of the movie at the same time you're always conscious that this is a movie happening and yet you're you're still i think invested in the emotions was that something that didn't work for you was it on an emotional level it didn't uh, connect with you you know (laughs) I'm kind of snobby in my uh, actors. I want stage presence. I want, yeah. And they are very muted. Mm. Very, And it's purposefully done. I understand that. It, this isn't bad acting in all cases, but it's not, they're not going for anything anytime. Ali almost walks with his shoulders slunched mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the time. And that's the way he delivers every line. And, and 
he's not maybe he was more than he was an actor how am i saying why don't you he was not a, a trained actor. He's the, okay, yeah, exactly. He's not a professionally trained actor, and that shows. Okay, no, it it really does. It really right. does. I don't. I don't find that to be a problem necessarily. Because right. I think like his awkwardness really translates to how how awkward Ali feels. Uh, but he's not the world. only one. He's just the lead. Uh, one of the co leads of the movie. Yeah. A lot of the actors are the same way. You can tell they were just friends. I mean, they, I think Fassbender's wife ex and boyfriend are all in this movie and it's <laughs> right? like he's just calling in any anybody you ever fucked that's what i'm saying man hey business and pleasure it was yeah. all it was all one thing it was uh, it was the 70s man so it was hard for me to get into it or yeah that because of that i and that's just me it's a way i watch movies i don't I don't think you're misreading it necessarily. You know what I mean? Because I, I there there was a very strong Brechtian strain in his work. Like I said, you're always constantly sort of in the film and 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 yet also watching the film from a distance. And I think part the acting uh, certainly is part of that, and also just that very heightened awareness of composition um, and, and the the visual elements of the movie. I did find um, Ben Salem very quite. Just touching mm. uh, as Ali, he's he's his he's very strong and quiet. He's uh, his his he he sort of speaks, you know, as we were saying, and he's almost like Yoda, like almost uh, childlike. Language. It is, but he's 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 speaking he's speaking German is the thing, mm-hmm. like always. Like we don't, I don't think we ever hear him speak uh, um, Arabic, at least no. not in any uh, sub not subtitled. Um, so he's he's speaking a language he's not familiar with, and he's speaking it in this sort of what you like call a pigeon German, right? Yeah. So like it, it looks like I said, sort of Yodaish. It's kind of it's very simple, but it's also uh, it's very poetic. And I just think he's this very uh, strong, very proud person um, who in this relationship with her. It, I, this is a thing like this opening scene. I just I, I find it so beautiful in the bar where she comes in. She's driven in by the rain into this bar where the Moroccan immigrants hang out. She says that she's walked by. She's heard this music that, you know, they like their music. Mm-hmm. And she said to herself, Emmy, better get inside that bar. So, like, the love story actually starts out, like all, you know, most love stories with this element of destiny, mm. right? Like, something told her, like, get inside that bar. Something is going to happen in that bar. Uh, and the use of colors in this in this bar scene, I think, is... Um, pretty outstanding given the the budget that it was shot on how quickly it was shot on that it was this homage to Douglas Sirk and the sort of technicolor um melodramas uh that he made but anyway they uh, he's sort of goaded to ask her for a dance almost as a joke right? yeah like they're kind of like the women in the bar are kind of making fun of this this older woman who is kind of just kind of disheveled and wet from the rain ordering a coca-cola yeah. <laughs> you know in this Moroccan bar and they actually connect and they they do like they really do in a in a way that i find like really touching like it comes across they're just both very lonely like she's lonely very because lonely. she's an empty nester husband's dead her children are garbage um he's very lonely because he's just he's in a country he doesn't understand in the language he doesn't understand with people who absolutely despise him he says he's treated like a dog yeah this bar is like his his taste of home, his refuge. 
she makes this very meager living and they they come together and not only they come together but they come together like very quickly in a way that i think surprises both of them and in a way that feels like wow what the hell is going on (laughs) but also is like this is really touching because like their their loneliness and their vulnerability is like you, you can tell that's something they don't really give up very much but for whatever reason they're very vulnerable that night and it it comes together and it comes together very quickly yes very quickly so they have this relationship that progresses it's it eventually turns into marriage mainly just to get him on the lease you know he's he's good with that he's living like six to a room right so he's like that's good and that's what's so interesting about their relationship is that it is this marriage of convenience but it is also a marriage of love it's complex like I mean, you think of all the Fassbender's complex relationships, like his relationship with Ben Salim, very complex. They do like each other. They really do like each other. It helps them both financially. Again, his living situation improves. She's not lonely. Um, they get married, again, just, just to get the landlord off their back, you know, um, and there it is. Uh, however, boy, it goes south really, really quickly. And I think what's what's interesting about the movie, as I was saying at the beginning, I, it's a movie that, it, for the most part, it, it always it seems like it's Emmy's story. It's Emmy's story about kind of coming out of her cocoon and rediscovering life and all this stuff. So, and I think that when it comes to the end and what happens at the end, we won't get there yet, where they, they sort of appear to find a reconciliation. and. But then suddenly something happens, and I think it confirms that we've been watching his story the entire time. But he's mm. been so placid. He's been so – he doesn't speak the language. It's hard for him to express himself. He's not an emotional person. But I do feel that, like, we were watching his story the entire time of him him being an immigrant, finding this little safe space of tenderness in their relationship, a little bit where it's just – they're nice to each other. They're good to each other. Mm-hmm. Then it's attacked and it's sabotaged. And first we see that it's sabotaged from the outside. As you were saying, her family goes apeshit. Yeah. Co-workers treat her awful. Her neighbors treat her awful. Her grocery store won't serve her anymore. I mean, this is just, it is textbook, you know, deep South style racism. And that's one thing. Because you kind of, you know, that's that's what society is. And that's, just, you know, especially I think they're saying what German society is. But then I think the, mo- the more profound attack comes from within, you know. Mm-hmm. As I saw someone write on, like, on Letterboxd, racism is not just something that happens to you. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it infects their relationship. You know, at a certain point, she's so eager to win back yep. her friends, win back the grocer, that she's willing to treat him in ways she wouldn't have even imagined. Treat him like an object, treat him like a dirty foreigner with weird customs. Um, And this is where we get to one of the most interesting metaphors in this movie, Quirky. How do you feel about the use of making couscous (laughs) as a euphemism for making whoopee? (laughs) Well, I was thinking that that was kind of his way of doing the same to her. It's she won't assimilate a little bit to his culture and he will find a German woman who will, who will bend over backwards and let him stay at her place all day while she goes out and makes money and all that kind of stuff. So he's using a bit of 
of his exoticness to the German women population as well and finds one that will cater to him as he wants. He doesn't stick up for Emmy when his coworkers rag on her. Mm-hmm. When he's in his element surrounded by people who are um, immigrants, he d- he kind of gives her a little bit back of the same that she gave with the the German women, you know, like rubbing his body and feeling his muscles and that yes, kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And getting him to lift things and move yeah. things for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, everybody who treats him bad is an awful person. We get that, you know, we're evidenced with that, whether it's the, the, or treats her bad as well. The coworkers find out one of them has been stealing all along. Mm-hmm. And this woman denigrated all immigrants, right. As lazy and all sex obsessed and that kind of stuff. So, um, it, it 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 points out that the hypocrisy throughout everywhere. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, what, the couscous. <laughs> gotta love the couscous. No, I think what's interesting about kind of going back to the coworkers is yeah, her coworkers just shun her. They'd stop speaking to her altogether. They just go off without her. Um, then they they have this moment where they decide let's just go away, right? Like let's go away and let's come back. And when we're gone from our back from a holiday, people have just changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when she goes back to work, as you said, um, there's a woman who's been shitting on her the whole time. She's fired. There's now a new woman. Yeah. Also an immigrant. She's from Herzegovina. There's a new number four. There's a new lowest on the yeah. pole, right? Now she they, gets to be the ostracized one. And Emmy's all too happy to do it. Again, this is the good German in her. This yeah. is the like, yeah, okay, great. So I moved up a spot. <laughs> right yeah. so now i get to shit on the lowest person i married them. one of them and you guys can't talk about them but we're gonna uh, ignore uh our own immigrant the very first lunch we have to share with her <laughs> right yes and again she seems so lovely it's always like just it's it's so it's so messed up um but yeah i i do think that as you were saying that some of those scenes were uh, like the scene where he where she goes to his work. I mean, these there. I I feel there were just some absolutely heartbreaking. Oh, absolutely. Scenes at the end, yeah. and they're not. What's so heartbreaking is not that like the score suddenly swells. What or score? Or anything like right? Exactly right. Yeah, it's that they they know ways to like hurt each other. Yeah, that are just they're so painful. They're so painful. There's nothing that she could say. To Ali, that is worse than, you know, oh, it's just your foreigner mentality or something like that. Right. There's nothing that Ali could do that is worse than laugh when his coworkers are making that is so painful and is so hurtful to them. And I think that's why that's just it's heartbreaking, you know. And I think that's what's surprising about this movie to me. If um, you know, if, if you haven't seen, it, I had seen it before, but my first time, I just remember being surprised that like. Wow, I mean, this movie does have a feel of. It was apparently conceived as just an exercise, and it has that feel a lot of times. And then at the end, so you, I was just in that third act. I just it was one scene after another that was absolutely just ripping my heart to goddamn shreds, um, including the whole making couscous thing. Like the, he's <laughs> he's so sad. Like he feels so defeated by the fact. That I gotta like, say though. This is how I do it. You I know? fucking love a couscous, man. Couscous is so damn good. Oh, right? Spices yeah, and it's moist. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> hey. It's, it's, uh... The food's yeah. so nice, they named it twice. hey Corky. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to mention before we get to the final um, thing. You talked about it also. Um, 
looking. The way that people look at each other is so important yeah. in this movie. A lot of this is people looking at them and looking very at long. them in a way that just feels very harsh and very judgmental and othering, distancing, you know. And that's something that I think also comes across in the movie, that distancing, as you were saying, of these very cramped spaces of people in doorways inside of doorways. Yeah. Um, you know, it just Her neighbor feels... that she talks to every day as she comes up yes. her stairs is on the other side of a cage. It's, a, it's like, <laughs> it is an absolute cage. We yes. live in the same building, but we're very separated. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Corky, do you have a favorite scene? Well, uh, favorite in a sense of, and let me, let me, extrapolate a little bit on what you're talking about. There was a thing when, during our dare Daniel review of sleepaway camp, and I've brought it up before, but I just love the way you, you put it. You said that she's not only quiet, she's like almost like hostilely quiet when people <laughs> talk to her. And that's, there's a lot of that in this movie, depending on the mood of the people and whatever the scene needs, it's a hostile amount of silence, mm, not answering, yeah. or eye contact. It's like, yeah. how can direct eye contact be hostile? Yeah. Watch this movie well, and you'll, yeah. you'll, <laughs> you'll see. I will stare into your soul, <laughs> your fear-eaten soul. Um, so I, I, I saw a lot of that, the way you were talking about There's mm. the way people look at each other. Um, what, was your, what was your question? Oh, favorite scene. Uh, so. Yeah. And, and it probably would be the scene where she goes to his work because he has now spent another, he came home drunk. She said earlier, that's what her first husband did. He was always drunk. She just sees him there, shuts the door on him. This time he's not coming back home. He's fucking this, the bartender and he's not coming back home mm-hmm. to her. And she has basically putting herself, you know, in the most, embarrassing position of having to go to his work and, you know, where were you? Why didn't you come home to me? You know? Um, and the way it's set up, like I said, Fossbonder, and I don't know if, as I said, I've never seen any of his work knowingly. Is it all like this where every scene is composed perfectly to the service of the scene? Cause in this scene, it's her talking and she's got the, the German shop owner next to her. And then the other side is all immigrants and it just, mm-hmm. it, there's never them together. It's, it's back and forth. It's our side, your side, our side, your side. Yeah. And it's, they're all in workmen's uniforms and the Germans get to dress however they want to dress. And it's, they're working and they're standing. And it's just so perfectly done. And it is, it's heart, it's heartbreaking. It's heart wrenching to watch her, beg her husband to come home and him and his work buddies laugh at her. And then at the very end you see he's no longer laughing, but all her buddies, all his buddies are while she leaves. Yeah. And I also think it's important to note that there are, there's like five workers. Two of them are white, including yeah. the one who makes the the really bad crack. One of them's just making jokes the entire time right. he's in there, but he he's the one who makes the really bad crack about her being his Moroccan granny. Yeah. But I presume like they were all immigrants because that's what Ali says he works with is all other right. immigrants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, he he laughs at that. He laughs at the Moroccan granny bit. And then the second time it comes around, he looks absolutely ashamed. Yeah, he hang dogs his head. Yeah, he looks. Um, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I'm going back to Ben Salim, and I, it, again, it's 
again, I think this goes back to his kind of his Brechtian origins, his stage origins. His, it's not traditional um, forget that you see a person acting, sort of acting necessarily. Mm-hmm. In the sense of um, just like screen presence, I, I really feel like Ben Salim cuts a very striking figure. Even his silence is very striking. Um, and I do think it's very powerful. But, you know, that's for me. Favorite scene, Quirky? Yeah, I'll talk about it. For me, the 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 image I always carry from this movie is the scene where they are on the patio uh, of the restaurant. It comes at like almost exactly the midpoint of the movie that kind of separates these these two parts, um, and it just starts with this kind of slow sort of pan in or this, this sort of track in on them holding hands on this patio. It's all these yellow umbrellas, these little patio tables. It's completely empty. It looks very romantic until we realize the entire staff of the restaurant is standing outside staring absolute daggers at them. And this begins this this really tear-sick monologue um, by, let me get the name right, Brigitte Mara, who I do think is absolutely a, a fantastic actress and she's great in this. And she has this monologue about she's she's crying because she's happy because she's found this amazing thing. She never thought that at this point in her life she would have him, but she's also, it's finally like broken her down. Like the fact that she can't shop at her shop, the fact that her coworkers, her neighbors, and everyone, that she is just a walking pariah has finally broken her. And she says, it's killing me. And... It's a amazing. I mean, it's a powerful scene, and this kind of like is this real big transition in, in her character from someone who would defend Ali no matter what to someone who will serve him up, you know, if it serves her interests. But there's also just these amazing uh, camera moves, these sort of arcing tracking shots, uh, mm-hmm. compositions. Like you said, the compositions are are always just outstanding, and and the colors uh, always get me. So that's just uh, just the image of this movie that I always carries with me. That it's like. Romantic, tragic, um, beautiful, authentic, heightened. Um, so that worked for me. Uh, any thoughts on like the final sequence of the film? We we return back to the bar. We return back to the same song and dance, and it yeah. seems like we're we're at sort of a at like a detente, maybe. Where she's saying like, you know what? Hey, I get it. I'm 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 an old woman, yeah. and you want to go out. Have sex with some barmaids or some bar owners. Go for it. Just but come you got to be nice. Yeah, <laughs> come home and be sweet to me when we're with each other. Uh, what man doesn't want to hear that? Um, but <laughs> just kidding. No, uh, if the if fade the movie out, but no, yeah, no, no fade out. What happens, Corky? Talk about it. He doubles over, rides on the bar floor in pain. They call an ambulance, and we come to find out that he has a stomach ulcer. Mm. He, it's been re- operated on before. It will be operated on again. Just like the the doctor, I believe, pretty much says all of them get this. There's nothing we can do about it until it just pops up again. Yeah. And this is not anything... We have, we've not talked about a stomach ulcer. We've no. not talked about anything like that. I mean, obviously, Ali looks very kind of pained. Yeah, this is a but man... But that's just his look, right? <laughs> that's just kind of his old... His old we should thing. say he's like a physical specimen. Like, this man is in Truly. great shape, looks great. And then all of a sudden, he goes from zero to writhing on a dirty bar floor in absolute pain. Like, he's been gut shot. Yeah. 
and like I said, I think that's that's that gives a lot of meaning to the film. Like, uh, Does it? Just as you said, I think the fade out there on "Let's just be nice to each other" is is one thing, but I think, as I said, that really makes it Effie's Emmy's story of again coming out of her cocoon, that causing issues, and then realizing her wrongness ever ways, and she'll fix it or what, and then make this deal with him. This, I think, shows that it's really Ali's story. It's just not something that he could have articulated to us the whole time. Fear has literally eaten his soul. Okay. Like, fear has eaten his soul. Like, this is what the movie is all about, right? Like, and this is his statement. He tells her very uh, on their very first night together, she says that she's afraid. And he says, yeah, don't be afraid. Fear is not good. Fear eats soul. Because he speaks in these kind of very simple phrases. So Ali uh, has has been afraid this whole time, even though he, several times he insists he's not afraid. Absolutely, because he's he lives a capricious life. He gambles his paychecks away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has a, a saying, what, "Kif a, kif kif kif." It's like kif, kif, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kukuna I'm alone in a country I don't know. <laughs> I walk kif, to the kif bar. Means to, no worries. Yeah, <laughs> with kif kif and couscous. I mean, the man lives by <laughs> doubles, right? That's it. Sounds like the cherub life, but no, he's been dying inside the whole time he's mm. been eaten up inside the whole time by his alienation by his loneliness and like i say i th- he found a little moment he found a moment in their relationship of of calm of love and caring and tenderness and that was broken right he goes right back to feeling so alienated and so lonely and I think that uh, even when it comes to some kind of a reconciliation at the end, I don't, I don't think that's mm. enough. And the the doctor, like you said, gives him a little chance, but the film does end with Emmy there by his side, crying, holding his hand, maybe giving some kind of hope, or just crying over the lack of hope. But I do think that 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 final twist as insane and kind of melodramatic again as it seems is um really essential to the film and really kind of showing that like the alienation that ali's been feeling is not even something that we've you know could even have even understood you know and obviously fassbender didn't understand how truly alienated and uh bon salim was in in real life so right um, really quite a tragic film but also i think a very beautiful film a tragic story beautiful film also kind of a tragic film. Corky. Yes, Final sir. thoughts on Ali colon Fear Eats the Soul? Absolutely agree that it's a beautiful film. Um, very visually interesting for being very stripped down. Uh, no, no extravagant sets, but so well composed and articulated visually, which I really dig. I do really dig that. Um, it just didn't resonate with me. I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't care. Cause I, I did feel the heartbreak of some scenes. I did feel their. I don't know if I ever actually felt their happiness. Now that I think about it, it they just said they were happy. I don't, yeah, she I just, don't know if it was happy. I think it was sort of relief. She maybe. just said she was in love after one night with them. Um, so it's two people found each other. I don't know that I agree necessarily with the ending with you and I. I don't know that I. I, I don't know that I have a rebuttal, but I. Uh, it just didn't work. Just didn't work for me that. Um, their relationship. 
Yeah, it's it's done. I was excited kind of to watch a rom com, or not a rom com, but a romance. Rom com. No, not sorry, a not the words I would use. Hang on, I think you may have uh, come at this movie from the wrong place. Yeah, fucking while we while you were sleeping, shit. I thought this was serendipity, the original German. <laughs> anyway, um, but like I said, it was it was a treat to look at. Hmm? And I'd be interested to see more of his movies. I know this is the only one that really punched through. So, I, yeah, I mean, it might not be well, good know, returns, it's, but it's our show. I feel like at some point we the the sight and sound thing will slightly fall away, and you know, once we get twenty, thirty, a hundred, and two hundred in the next 13 years uh, episodes. We can dip our toe in some other fast bins. We'll just do whatever the fuck we want. If we want to do a fast bender month, we'll do a fast bender month. You know what I mean? So, Hell yeah. Uh, for now, how about you? this one from the random jumper generator gods. Um, Did you have final a final thoughts? thought? Uh, no, no real final thoughts. I mean, I think we've already decided about the ratings. I'll remind oh, everybody. Yeah, um, our ratings, was it a sound selection or was it slight? Uh, remember, this is based on the Sight and Sound Critics Poll. If we think, if we both find the movie to be a sound selection, it goes directly into the cannon fodder canon. But if one of us feels it was slight, it gets kicked to the curb and we suggest a film not in the Sight and Sound Top 250 that we would put in its place. So uh, we know what those ratings are. I think it was sound. I think this is this is one of my favorite movies, honestly. Whoa! Yes, absolutely. No kidding. Um, I don't want to say you're dead wrong because I think the ter- the wrong, the rights, the goods, the bads, It's uh, that's not important to me anymore. It's not a battlefield. Mm. You know, this is art, and I think it's very moving art, and that's why I think it's one of the best films of all time. It's powerful from an emotional level. It's powerful from a conceptual, aesthetic level. I just think it works on a lot of levels. You know, I, I, I just it uh, it is stunning, and it makes me want to explore more Fossbinder. I feel like I had a Fossbinder phase like 15 years ago when I first saw this movie, and I watched several others. But I mean, there's, there's a lot left to watch still. Luckily, it's all pretty much all in Criterion. So, uh, I thought this movie was great. Quirky, you obviously are going slight. Yeah. On this one, not quite making the canon. Although you would say it's, uh, you don't regret watching it. But I, it's, I'm, it's, it's uh, not a classic film for you. I'm in 100% agreement that it makes me want to check out more Fossbender because of how much I put stock into how visually well he, yeah. he, he, I mean, that there's not a, there's not an unthought out shot. And that's fucking amazing to me. And not mm-hmm. only just, just like, okay, here's what I can do and I'm fucking showing off. It's like no, this helps tell the story mm-hmm. the way it is. So yeah, and remembering this was like one of four, five movies that he made this year while also that making year, yeah. plays and like dude short films. And, uh, two yeah, weeks to good. shoot it, it was released in under a month. It was like from start That's to finish project. What? Yeah, it's amazing. So efficient. I mean, he was a little. He was a. He was a, like a studio unto himself. I mean, that was. It's unbelievable um how he could do that but you're saying slight as far as putting it in the canon it's coming up a little bit it hit front iron that's what you're saying yeah yeah it, warning it got a, the warning track and it just it kind of died right there i gotta be right? honest i'm really surprised how high it is in the canon too it, that to me is i mean this is a little bit of the everyman kind of thing okay. it feels Uh-oh. like because there's Here no other fast benders in there yeah it's like 
Critic that who they are like. Well, we got to get one. We got to yeah, and that's the one we know everybody likes. So or fair enough. To dispel your conspiracy theory, just slightly, I have many thoughts about. And if you if maybe at some point, if we wanted me to get like crazily nerdy about like the sight and sound list and shit, we could do like a a mini episode or something like that. That would probably be three hours long. We could. We Um, should reach out to somebody involved. But there are like. 1,500 or 1,600 people polled yeah. from all around the world in all walks of life. So Somebody I, got it, all of them together. It does seem <laughs> unlikely that they all got on the same like group chat. And we're I, like, hey, guys, no. all right, one phosphater, one phosphater, guys. You think that. You think that, but I I've seen the that. group chats. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but you found it slight. But, Corky, if slight, what slighted movie would you put in its place? Oh, so I got to come up with yeah. a romance, not a romantic with, comedy. It, it can be a German movie. It could be a romance. It can be something that makes you think of this movie. It could be similar. It could be a May December. It could be like Harold and Maude or something like that. That would have been my choice. It would have been Harold and Maude. Is that on already on the list? I don't think so. You want to go with Harold and Maude? Yeah, I'm going to go with Harold and Maude. May, December... Not and here I am with the fucking. Oh, I like acting, and but you know, Bud Court is not not the best <laughs> to to be on the screen a lot. But Ruth Buzzy, well, is, but he works for the he works for the role though. Yeah, he works for the role, and Ruth Buzzy is just a master at her game. Um, quirky, cute, uh, weird, uh, melodramatic, not <laughs> like this at all. Um, but yeah, I, I had more fun with that, even though I think I liked looking at Ali Fieri's soul more than I do the Hal Ashby directed Harold and Maude. Fair enough. Let me ask you this though. Would you actually put Harold and Maude in your personal canon? No. Or are you just saying it's yeah, a better I'm, film? I, I'm just, I'm just trying to think thematically. Just suggesting it. I, yeah. Suggested. I'm a fan of the film, but if you're not proposing it for the canon, uh, then again, it just, uh. No, it's a it's a backfire. You know what I mean? Yeah, but. it's a double. It's okay. This cannon did not fire this time. <laughs> it was primed. It was pumped. But yeah, that Someone section of the battlefield. To light the fuse, man. <laughs> oh, classic mistake. Classic mistake. So uh, you said this is one of your favorite films. I mean, are you talking top ten? I'm not talking top ten, but it's not even top ten in this list. It's number fifty four. I might put it in my top. You know. 100 sure okay absolutely okay. um okay. Yeah. yeah so i remembering when i say favorite movie quirky i and i if you, anyone wants to follow me on letterbox no one listens to this show so i'm not worried about giving out personal information here's all my passwords <laughs> uh barnesyard on letterbox b-a-r-n-e-s-y-a-r-d every movie i've ever seen i've logged and rated on there i have my whole diary on there remembering i've seen like eight eight thousand five hundred and some Fuck. movies so if it's in my top 100 that's really, really good. Yeah, that's very good. That's good. Top two, three, four, five, even thousand or so is is we're 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 cooking with gas. So, um, yeah, it is definitely one of my top one hundred or so movies. I, I've seen it a couple times. It's been probably fifteen years, but I uh, I do think it's great, and you should all watch it. It's like ninety four minutes long. It's on Criterion Channel, and. All right, so it did not make our personal sight and sound list. It, we judged it slight because of my Philistine ass. 
But what did you personally think? That's that, right. You listening to us right now. What did you think about Ali colon Fear Eats a Soul? Did you watch it with us? Had you seen it before? Were you excited to listen to us talk about it because you love it as well? We'd love to hear your take. Let us know what you thought on Facebook. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know at Derek Daniel Pod. Tell us exactly who was right, who was wrong in this debate. Right, wrong, come on. I mean, right, just... yeah. Who you who you agreed with more or less? There you go. Yeah. Let's you know, let's not go there, right? Like we're all we're all just people appreciating art here in this beautiful, beautiful beautiful world. If you do want to check out Ali Colon Fury's the Soul, it's ninety four minutes and can be found on Max uh Criterion Channel. Mm-hmm. It will have the Janus Films logo at the front, like every movie we watch. Uh, probably find it on YouTube, but I would go with one of those other versions. Yeah, trust Criterion. You're you're in good hands there. Um, so yeah, it's you know it's a short movie. It's it's worth watching. I think um, if you have an interest in Germany and melodrama in outsider art, I don't know. Fucking watch the damn thing. Just watch it and tell us that you're out there listening. Corky. Yeah, man. We've come to that point of the show. Have you brought your livestock? It is time to make the sacrifice. It's time to get some goats. Next cut. Because the random number generator gods, they are ascending from below, and they are going to tell us what film we will review next week. Corky, how do you feel about this? I didn't bring my goats. I'm sorry. You didn't bring a goat. Oh, I first you don't like Ali Fury eats the soul, and I didn't bring a goat to murder on live on this <laughs> podcast. I don't know how podcasts work, but I don't think they work like this. Well, you. if you're listening to this in Montana, unlikely. it would be okay. <laughs> Luckily, I brought enough goats for all oh. of us. So let's just spin the wheel of fate and see what film we will review on next week's show. This is always like one of my favorite parts of the show, to be honest. I'm so excited. Beep. What do we got here? We have Corky. A man escaped. A man escaped. A man escaped, Corky. Is that now, are you just telling me events that have happened in your recording shed? Or the man I had back here escaped somehow. This could mean trouble for me. I'm not sure if I'll be able to record next week. No, a man escaped, a.k.a. un condamné à mort Something Nailed like it. that. 1956 film is directed by the great French filmmaker Robert Bresson. Are, are you familiar at all with Robert Bresson, Quirky? No. Not familiar with Robert Bresson. He's made great films like Mouchette, Alhazard, Balthazar. That's a pretty famous one about the donkey pickpocket, uh, Diary of a Country Priest. He's made a lot of really great films. A Man Escaped is from 1956. Quirky, let me read you the letterbox synopsis. A captured French resistance fighter during World War II engineers oh. a daunting escape Fuck from yeah. prison. Are you in <laughs> or yeah. are you in? You want to talk about a movie let for me, me to watch say, on a Sunday afternoon? Could I just say it's not The Dirty okay. Dozen. It's not Stop. The Great Escape, all right? Robert Bresson is like a real uh, ascetic type, uh, you know. Just kind of come at it. Don't, again, you, you already <laughs> assumed that 
experience the soul with the Sandra Bullock company. So don't think that this is going to be, uh, um, you know, fucking, uh, I don't know. Whatever. I asked my anyway, wife, I said, if I told you is. a movie's called Ali, colon, Fury, it's a soul, what do you think the movie's about? And she's like, um, some sort of adventure movie. <laughs> We have to re- wow. rescue sounds- treasure, and I was like, "Fucking nailed it!" That's exactly what it is. Damn, but that's what you thought it was, Quirky. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, man escaped yeah. Quirky. For anyone who's interested in playing along, oh, this might be our longest movie we've done. It's a whopping one hundred one minutes. Uh, that was a real weighty one there. <laughs> I think it's our first triple digit one. It's kind of crazy. But just barely. <laughs> like barely. Barely. Uh, yeah, if you take out all the Janus logos and What stuff, number was it? it? Are we are we towards the front or the back or A Man Escaped is tied for 95th mm, okay. on the list. Tied It's always interesting to see like all these ties because it doesn't take a lot of votes to like get up there but like a Man Escaped is tied with Once Upon a Time in the Ooh. West, Buster Keaton's The General, Black Girl, the African film by Usman Sembene, uh, Apichapong Vera Sethical's Tropical Malady, and Get Out. It's like okay, a motley. I've seen four films, of those. But what fun. Yeah. Right? But you ain't seen right. A Man Escaped, a.k.a. Un Candidame Not. Right, it's uh, and and the, you know what's key is the the accent. <laughs> it's really really getting the, the the tones right. All those little nuances in there. <laughs> so a man escaped. Come and visit us. It's available to watch on Criterion Channel. You can probably rent it if you don't have the Criterion. I mean, honestly, Criterion yeah. is really worth it. And it's, look, Criterion doesn't pay, pay me a buck, but uh, if you want some movies, they got some movies on there. You will be kept uh, quite busy. They're not all French either, so don't worry about that. But the next one that we will be viewing on our show is French. Yay! In the meantime, follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook and Instagram for updates on this show and upcoming episodes of the Dare Daniel Podcast. Make sure you like and rate us on your favorite podcast app, please, and share us. Please share us, talk about us. Um, That helps so much. It gets us into the algorithm and gets other people listening every new listen also listen all the way through i don't care just skip through it if you're fucking tired of our voices but get to the end mm-hmm. if you are get interested that. in donating to the show go to daredaniel.com click the donate button or find support the show in the menu for canon father ba-boom ba-boom i'm quirky mcdonald and i'm daniel barnes until next time save us a seat See in the background.